Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast from Sports Illustrated Husky Maven channel. My name is Trevor Mueller, and with me, as always, is Kayla Olin. And Kayla, we've flushed the uh, the loss against the Bruins, and Washington has Arizona coming up. Um, so obviously, Arizona has really struggled under uh, first-year head coach Jed Fish. Uh, I think that, from what I've seen, uh, you know, 0-6 sucks. And uh, it, it getting over what was left, and, and I'm spacing on the guy's name, Kevin Sumlin, uh, where he took all of the momentum out of that program to uh, really being irrelevant this year. I, I think that I think there's some good things happening uh, with fish that I think this, this team could end up being successful down the road, but man, Washington is hurting right now. Uh, they're about to go play a program who's in much worse situation than Washington is right now. So who would have thought um, you'd be saying that? <laughs> I mean, I thought this was going to be cakewalk. Like you could give me a, a 50 point margin and I'm probably taking Washington, but that's just not the case. No. And it's kind of one of those when we were looking ahead of the schedule, it was cool. Arizona is going to be a great game for Sam Heward to have an entire second half right? to do whatever with whoever. And right. I, I don't think Washington blows Arizona out of the water because for whatever reason, Washington cannot buy a win down in the desert to right. save right. their lives. But I still don't think Washington drops this game. Right. And, and Arizona's got a ton of adversity now with uh, Gunnar Cruz, their backup quarterback going down. So now they're down to quarterback number three. Um, and his name is right here. It's Will Plummer. He's a six, one freshman who has, who has thrown some balls. Um, he has 71 attempts for 380 yards. So it's not that he's, never played before, but when you're a third string quarterback on a 0 and 16, there's issues. Yeah. And I mean, he also has the longest pass out of all three out of Gunnar Cruz, who was the backup to Jordan McLeod and, and you know, a 54 yard bomb with two touchdowns next to your name. It's not bad numbers for a third string. You know, that's kind of comparing him to Patrick O'Brien. Would Patrick O'Brien be able to do the same thing? Right. You know, who knows? Right. And it's one of those things that the quarterback, uh, the quarterback stats for Arizona are always going to be a little weird, especially when you're continually down. Um, uh, you know, Jordan McLeod uh, was definitely a dual threat that could do both, but you're going to, the quarterback's going to have their ball, the ball in his hands a lot more because they're going to either be running, uh, uh, throwing the ball mostly, but also escaping the pocket. Um, so, you know, the attempts, <laughs> They have a lot of attempts between the three of them, uh, 236 if you take out their one receiver throw. But w with that being said, they play down a lot. And so to go along with those longs and those touchdowns, there's also a lot of interceptions to be had with this group, and Plummer has three of them. Yeah, and I mean, if you kind of want to compare apples to apples in terms of passing, it's pretty even all the way across in terms of average passing yards a game. Right. Washington has 246, Arizona has 234. And right. then probably the biggest uh-oh is Washington still living and dying on the hill of running so much that they only have 111 average per game where Arizona more than that and it's not crazy amount more but just right. shy of 115. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I mean, this is the stats reflect a bad team a team that's consistently down they're averaging only 14 points a game and uh they're giving up i have it written down here they've given up they're giving up 32 points a game so i when you when you're having uh continually games where you're trying to air it out and, and of course the zero against colorado hurts and they were never competitive in that game um there's going to be issues. Um, Offensively, they just can't put it together. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of look at the last five on ESPN and, you know, you see all red L's next to Arizona, but then you see three L's in Washington, two of them being back-to-back. And when was the last time Washington ever had actually lost back-to-back games? Man, I uh, did they last year at all? I don't even think they did last year. Nope, because last year it was – well, it was the COVID year. So it was Oregon oh, State win, too. Utah yeah. win, Arizona win, right. Stanford loss. So I guess the last loss back to the back would be that. And then Montana. opening up Montana. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, cool. Thanks, Kayla. Yeah, um, fun fact there for the day. Use that in your like trivia sessions <laughs> next time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess, do you want to give more a comprehensive breakdown of uh, maybe some of the other weapons that? Uh, Arizona is going to try to use against Washington this week. Yeah. And they're, I wouldn't even say they're super balanced, but they kind of like to do a little bit of both. The leading running back has 63 attempts for 239 yards. That's Drake Anderson has only one touchdown in the season. They actually have one rushing touchdown total. He has that only one. So yeah, not super effective on the ground in terms of being in the red zone. Right. They, kind of don't really have a lot of big yardages from rushing, but then you kind of look at the receiving core and Stanley Berryhill, the third, he has 445 on 48 catches. So averaging almost 10 yards a catch 43 says long has a touchdown. They have seven passing touchdowns on the season. So definitely Mm -hmm. like to pass when they get closer there in the red zone. Other than that, I mean, he's pretty much the workhorse. They have 1,400 yards passing, so definitely doubles what they have running, which is very similar to Washington, actually. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And um, I, I just, like, where this team struggles is in the run game, and obviously that's where Washington's defense struggles more. Uh, so this is strength on strength, and Arizona has really struggled to put up points. Um, I mean, we're talking about, we're complaining about Washington, not being able to put up points. Arizona is in a worse spot and they've been, I mean, eight touchdowns on the season. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. In six games. That's insane. So, um, we're talking, uh, extreme, uh, where Washington's cornerbacks should have a massive day. Um, Yeah. Only three interceptions on the season. You know, it's pretty par for par eight sacks. So it's not like the defense is giving up 50 something points against their opponents. It's just Mm -hmm. that the offense is struggling being productive, which, you know, who would have thought that you can replace that a with a W and it'd be almost the same story. Right. Um, And moving over to the defensive side of the ball for Arizona, they've given up the 32 points a game, Um, but their defense has shown in spurts to be pretty stout. Um, Colorado didn't break that open until there was some uh, special teams plays uh, and, and they kept winning the, the, the field of position. I said that right, right. Field position battle <laughs> um, against, uh, against Arizona when they were in Boulder. 
Um, they were able to hang around with Arizona, or uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. They were able to hang around with Oregon uh, for quite a bit. Uh, so they've shown flashes of being able to stop some offenses, uh, which <laughs> I guess looking at how explosive Washington's offense has failed to be, um, this could be another game where you would have notched this into. I still think Washington's going to win this game, but all of a sudden you're thinking maybe maybe this is a game in the second half. Yeah, or, you know, Murphy's Law, anything that can go wrong will, or, you know, right. is Washington going to give up another fourth quarter lead? You never know. And it's going to be pretty interesting because, you know, some of the top tacklers for Arizona, it's, you know, three linebackers, two safeties, and a DB. Right. And then you get to the defensive line. So. Right. If, you know, there is a Miles Gaskin or a Savon going into this game, it'd be a lot more comforting just, yeah, you know, the run game is going to be great. But because there hasn't been a big, big, big game out of any running back shit this season, it's kind of more of a, okay, is John Donovan really going to try and run it three times out of four (laughs) on every drive? Yeah, and um, that really leads perfectly into uh, the keys that I have for the offense. And I think that if you look at this game, um, using the, the pass as uh, an extension of the run game, I think is going to be really important. Um, I think you found the guy that's going to run between the tackles and uh, Kamari Pleasant. He's made some of the biggest catches in the Jimmy Lake era. Um, he saved, he's really saved Jimmy Lake's uh, backside a couple of times uh, last year against Utah, breaking a tackle to get the first down uh, on a third and long, and then against Cal doing the same thing. So he's shown his versatility that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So I think featuring him a little bit more along with Sean McGrew, using Sean McGrew as a change of pace, get outside, and then allowing Roma Dunze, what I've seen is Roma Dunze, Terrell Bynum, uh, to highlight those two have been really effective at getting yards after first contact. And so I think really relying on them for uh, short throws to let them run with the ball and then being able to hit Jalen McMillan for bigger plays. Yeah. Jalen and Terrell are definitely those two that you can rely on to get open, run their routes, find a way to make it work. They come back for the ball. They'll die for the ball. They make an effort to, Mm -hmm reel in a pass from Dylan Morris that maybe, you know, isn't the prettiest of anything, right. but then Kamari, when he was announced as a starter last season, it was kind of like, okay, this person, yeah, what who, are you talking about? Who yeah. was not, not a nobody, but was somebody mm-hmm. who sat behind and watched Miles Gaskin set records and Savon go to and the Savannah, NFL yeah. and then yeah. came back. And now it seems that he's kind of proving everybody, including me wrong, just in terms of how productive he can be in the backfield right. and against right. Oregon state, he kept a lot of those drives alive. For sure. You're absolutely right. And it's, it's really fun to watch him. Uh, it, it, the, I mean, this is what college athletics is about though, right? Development and uh, making, making uh, d- mistakes as a younger player, learning from it, developing it and becoming a better player. And uh, honestly, you go to the NFL and uh, Keith Taylor, uh <laughs> Had a great weekend. Had a fantastic weekend. The first, the only, the first time you saw Keith Taylor play in a Washington uniform, he was giving up a touchdown against Rutgers. And uh, to yeah. see then where you didn't he, see him for a while after that, exactly. <laughs> but to see the development that he has, to um, you know, not did he did he get a interception last year? I don't think he ever recorded an interception at Washington. No, um, I think the only person who was was Trent, wasn't it? Uh, you could be right. And Asa Elijah had Martin one. Had and one. Asa had one. So did Elijah. 
Yes. Um, but in his entire career, he, as a, as a defensive back at the university of Washington, never had an interception, but was so solid as with past breakups and, and a, a sure tackler go out uh, and have a 10 tackle game in the NFL. Like that's what Washington um, that's what college athletics is. And Kamari Pleasant embodies that uh, of what he's doing at the running back position. Yeah. Chef's kiss and hats off to him because he could have easily after his fifth year been like, you know, I'm going to go move on. He decided to come back right. and I'm sure many Washington fans are glad he did. Absolutely. And uh, so what are some keys for you on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah. On the defensive side, it's definitely going to be to get in the backfield, get sacks just yeah. because Arizona's given up 16 on the season so far. Mm-hmm. Take out what you want to. Washington's given up 14. Right. <laughs> but, you know, getting some chaos and creating havoc, especially on a third string quarterback who has had experience, but has never faced a Washington defense. Right. That could be very daunting, especially if, you know, Washington has one of the best defenses in the conference and, you know, you see ZTF back and you see him coming at you. Like I'm you, you can have the ball, you know? So just getting yeah. that pressure there is going to be huge, especially if they do like to pass, throw them off a little bit, help the DBs kind of do their job. And then of course, stopping the run, even if Arizona is not the Oregon or the Oregon state or the UCLA in terms of running, right. just stopping that run will be huge showing you can proving that you can yeah even if it's against Arizona who cares baby steps right (laughs) right yeah I think that the 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 reality is that when we come back to review this game if Washington wins and they're effective against the run it's not going to be hey they fix the run game but it will be one of those that it we can feel like booster going into Palo Alto like come on exactly you're you're absolutely right uh uh, well said um so brass tacks it's an 18 point spread Washington's favor what do you think Washington is able to do in this game I so bad want to pick that Washington covers and gets more than 18 against Arizona in terms Uh, of that win right I I I, want to be a gambling man and say no yeah but I think Washington turns it up a notch and I would say they absolutely cover a win by 24 Awesome. Um, wow. So <laughs> full disclosure, we're doing the review and a preview on the same day. And it's been, uh, Kayla's been the glass half empty. I've been the glass half full, but we've the entire reversed, seven weeks, <laughs> right? We have reversed our track here and you're going positive. And I'm going to say they're going to score 17. They're going to win by 17. I don't think they're going to cover at this point. I'm just like, F it, you know, like full send. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Um, so, you know, hopefully I'm wrong. It's, it's, I, I like this position that you've put yourself in a bunch of times where you're either wrong and you're happy or you're right and you're happy. It feels good, doesn't it? Now you, you see know, why I do I'm it. get comfortable in this chair. Honestly, like you sit back, you're like, cool. Like I, it's a win-win situation for me. I've won this weekend. Exactly. Go put some money now on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, I guess for, and I didn't put this in the show notes or anything, but who do you think uh, offensively has the biggest game for Washington? Biggest game for Washington. I'm probably going to go ahead and say probably Terrell Bynum or Jalen McMillan. Can I cheat and just kind of call him like a dynamic duo against Arizona? <laughs> sure. is, is that allowed? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not used to like kind of being this optimistic on two people having huge games here. <laughs> 
Uh, but I think that the passing game is going to open up a lot. I think if John Donovan and Jimmy Lake are smart, they're going to use this game mm-hmm. as an advantage and not just an advantage to win, but to get them back to the 2020 team in terms of you can chuck the ball down the field and your receiver is going to get it. And you can just come and, you know, light up the field. And, and that, if yeah. they're smart, they will make it so that those receivers and, you know, the running back's going to do well no matter what. But to get that confidence with Dylan Morris going into the second half of the season, it's going to be the biggest thing to take away from this game, let alone a win. Yeah. And I think you're, if, if you're right on that, um, I expect Washington to put up some major points. If they're, if they're wor- working the ball, they're going to go for some style points because they desperately need a uh, good press. And on that, I'm actually going to go with Roma Dunze because I think that uh, Oregon or Arizona is going to have a hard time bringing him down. So uh, I guess we're really positive on the receivers. So uh, feel good about that. And uh, I guess we'll ca- uh, cap it off with your defensive impact player. Yeah, my defensive impact player is definitely going to be a ZTF. I know Jimmy in his press conference this week said that he's expecting him to get more snaps instead Mm -hmm. of just 10 after his first game back from what could have been a devastating injury that not a lot of people could bounce back from. And out of 10 snaps, seven pressures, I fully believe he's going to get more snaps and get more pressures. I would even call a sack this game, probably even a forced fumble. So I think he has a huge game. You know, and as you were talking about that, I, I was going to go Sam Taimani because I think that uh, he's going to be a really big piece of uh, clogging the the pass rush. But I think when it comes to impact, you're going to see. Uh, I think you're you're probably going to see uh, Buki make have at least one uh, interception in this game because of the 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 collapsing pocket around Plummer. Yeah, I do like that one too, though. Yeah. So um, I think that'll do it. We're both really positive on uh, Washington getting uh, closer to 500, which feels weird to say, but uh, we're going to put this one in the win column and uh, we will see you on uh, Sunday afternoon. So for Trevor Mueller and Kayla Olin, go dogs. Go dogs.